Tonight, I want to preach on um, the power of testimony and how prophecy and testimony are tied together as one. Okay? You guys with me? Yes. You guys good? So first off, I want you guys to define prophecy. What's it mean? Oh, okay. (laughs) Define prophecy. You guys know. Come on. A word from God to a human about another human that has not been fulfilled yet. Okay, cool. Everybody agree with that? Yeah. We're just going to let her run with that? Anyone that I want to add to that? A truth spoken by God? Just a truth spoken by God, yeah. Yeah, it can either be a foretelling or just something that is truth, right? Make sense? Yeah. Okay, now what does the word testimony mean? Okay, you want to read prophecy? Andrew will like this. This will be good for Andrew. Um, The first definition is a prediction. That's it. And then the second one is Check. the faculty function or practice of prophesying. So those aren't helpful at all. What's the second one? The faculty function or practice of prophesying. It's only a prediction if you're not a believer. Terrible definition. Thanks, Thanks for Google. wasting our time. You know, um, define testimony. I tried. First you guys with hand, me tonight? What's first going on? First hand account. First hand account. Good. Coming from a criminalistic college graduate. <laughs> what? Something that happened to you. Yeah. Mostly, are you kidding me? From God. Um, and, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Something, a story. Right? A testimony of what your testimony is your story, correct? Mm-hmm. Some people think that the testimony is ended. Nope. Still going today. Right? Usually when we think of a testimony, it's like somebody testifying in court. Right? They're testifying in court. Mm-hmm. Yes? Yeah. yeah. With me, what's going on? Yeah. You okay? Okay. So, when I hear the word testimony, and I think Madison aligns with me on this, we immediately think of Revelation 12, 11. They triumph by, they triumph by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. They triumphed. Interesting, right? By the blood of the Lamb and their testimony. I don't know if I would put testimony in there if I was writing this verse. Right? I would say, okay, yeah, I triumph over by the blood of the Lamb and by the name of Jesus. That's probably what I would say. But the writer here says, and by the word of their testimony. Do you guys understand that your testimony changes a lot of things in our natural? Yeah. Right? Just the testimony that Tatum shared tonight, what did that do to our atmosphere? What did that do to your being? What did that do to your heart? What did that do to your mind? It does something. It changes something. It shifts something in our realm. Correct? And I can speak that way. Yes? You guys understand what I'm talking about? Right? When you hear a testimony of somebody being healed, what's that do? It's like, oh, what? Right? Mm -hmm. It lifts you. It increases faith. It changes something in your body, in your natural realm, in your atmosphere that's around you. 
right? Mm-hmm. Do you guys agree with me? Yes. Cool. Would you turn to Psalms 119 97? Psalm, Psalms 119 97. I want to talk about testimony. 97. Yes? Everybody there? Mm-hmm. The light's bright enough? Can we read? Nine, seven, eight, nine. 119, Psalm 119, verse 97. Like it's really cool that there's like 176 verses in this psalm. Oh my god. Yeah, mine's the 10th, man. That's a man. Look into it. Man. Psalm 119 is a psalm that is the most dopest psalm of all time. Most dopest. Most dopest. That's how dope it is. It is. Yikes. That hurt. Okay, so let me read this. 97, I'm going to read through 104, okay? Okay. Oh, how I love your law. It is my meditation all the day. Your commandment makes me wiser than my enemies, for it is ever with me. I have more understanding than all my teachers, for your testimonies are my meditation. I understand more than the aged, for I keep your precepts. I hold back my feet from evil, from every evil way in order to keep your word. I do not turn aside from your rulers, for you have taught me. How sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter than honey to my mouth. Through your precepts, I get understanding. Therefore, I hate every false way. That's incredible. Yes, mm-hmm. that's like, that's like I've arrived. Yes? Isn't that gorgeous? You guys with me? Okay. In verse 99, it says, I have more understanding than all of my teachers. For your testimonies are my meditation." What the heck does that mean? Your testimonies are my meditation. What do you guys think that means? Truly. Your words are my meditation? Like, I don't know, I think like the stories and um, parables that Jesus showed, like testimonies. What's it mean to meditate on something? Not in a yoga aspect or a new age aspect, but in a biblical aspect. What does meditation mean? Yeah, to dwell on it. To rest in it. I, um, a pastor best describes it as chewing it, soaking up all those nutrients, regurgitating it, chewing it, soaking up the more nutrients, regurgitating it, over and over and over. That's meditation, correct? If we do that, we're, we're commanded to do that on our scripture, correct? Mm-hmm. To meditate on the word of God, right? Which means over and over. Yes? Mm-hmm. Keep on soaking up all that it has because it will never run void, correct? Mm-hmm. Isn't that cool? 
This is saying to do that to your testimonies. Every single testimony that you've heard, are you doing that? Drinking it up. Dwelling on it. Regurgitating it. Soaking it up for what the Lord did. Right? I don't know if you guys realize, but this entire book called the Bible is all testimony. You guys understand that? Mm-hmm. Isn't that an interesting way to look at life? If I look at the scripture as a testimony of what the Lord's done, then therefore my testimony has the same weight of what the Lord's done in my life. Correct? Correct? Yeah. Do I hold it in the same esteem? Right? I know Blake, me and Blake were talking about this a little bit before, and he's like, oh, man, I've always just been like ashamed of my testimony because it wasn't cool like so-and-so's. <laughs> I was just like this normal kid who grew up in a Christian home, and then all of a sudden I took Jesus seriously. Right? What a testimony. Right? Yeah. Isn't that cool? Not everybody gets that capacity. Mm-hmm. And that's a testimony that Blake will pass down to his children on how he will raise his children. Right? Isn't that interesting? Yeah. Right? I, I Like, my testimony is different than Blake's. My testimony is different than everybody in this room. Right? Mm-hmm. Nobody has the same testimony. Mm-hmm. So, therefore, it's a different work of the Lord that he's done in each and every single one of our lives that we can learn from. Isn't that beautiful? Mm-hmm. Okay. The way I kind of, to get back on track, the way I kind of talked about or um, interpreted that verse, your testimonies are my meditation, is my, your testimonies are counsel to me. Right? That's the way I kind of interpreted it. Your testimonies are counsel to me. They console me. They encourage me almost. Right? And then it ta- the first half of that verse, it says, I have more understanding than all my teachers. What? That's a little weird, right? I'm smarter than thou. Right? If I were to translate it, that's how I would put it. Right? I am smarter than you. Why? And hear me in this. Not because of in myself I'm smarter. Not because I have a bigger brain than you. Right? But because where I am founded makes me make wiser actions. If I'm founded in the Lord, I'm sorry, my ways will be better than somebody who isn't. Right? Mm-hmm. Or else, why? Why would I follow God? One of many reasons why. Why would I follow Him if He doesn't make, make me a straighter path? Or make me make my way better? Right? Mm-hmm. No, he, he says, uh, it's, it's because where I am found in the Lord makes me make wiser actions. Right? My testimonies are counseling me, not my fears anymore. My fears can't counsel me anymore. Why? Because the Lord and the, what the Lord's done now has that post in my life. Does this make sense so far? Mm-hmm. Cool. Now I want to shift gears a little bit. Do you guys know Noah built an ark? Mm-hmm. He built an ark. And I want to hone in on this one word, ark. That was not a fart. <laughs> that was my dog. 
Noah built an ark. Not a boat. Do we understand this? Noah did not just build a boat. He built an ark. Okay? Keep that in the back of your mind for a second, because I'm going to connect a bunch of kind of things here. Okay? Noah built an ark, not a boat. In our translation to English from the Hebrew words, ark and boat are two separate Hebrew words. Okay? So we cannot compare them. And that means a lot, considering the fact that for one Hebrew word, there are 14 English words. Yes. It means a lot. Okay? There's two separate Hebrew words. So Noah built an ark. Remember that, okay? Now, I've got a question for you. What was Moses sent down the Nile River in? When he was a baby. What? A basket. A basket, yes. That's the way English has interpreted it. Ready? You guys ready? You guys on the edge of your seat? Concordance, a lot more than usual. I know. What this actually translates into in the Hebrew is ark. Yeah, Moses was sent down the Nile River in an ark. Okay, what I want to hone in on here is this word ark. Okay, the word in the context of basket means ark. Okay, Noah did not just build a boat. Correct, he built an ark. Moses wasn't just placed in a basket, he was placed in a ark. Okay? You still with me? Mm -hmm. Moses was sent down the Nile in an ark. Now, fast forward a couple years in Moses' life, he was commanded to build a tabernacle. Yes? Yep. And in the middle of that tabernacle was called a what? <clears throat> ark. Okay? I'm connecting some dots here, so stay with me. There was an ark in the middle of that tabernacle. This ark was called the Ark of the Covenant. Yes? Which held a lot of different things, but the one thing I want to hone in on is that it held the Ark of the Testimony. Mm -hmm. The Ark of the Testimony. It's, a, it's in Exodus 25 if you want to fact check me. Okay? Ark of the testimony. So what's my point? You can either be in a boat or in an ark. Which one would you probably rather be in? An ark. A boat, if you're on a boat, you're trusting in physics and stuff like that. Correct? Mm -hmm. Right? You're saying, I'm going to get in this boat so I can travel to the other side, and I know that I'm going to stay afloat because of science, yes? Mm -hmm. And in my natural, so I understand it, yes? Mm -hmm. But if I were to get in an ark, now who are you trusting in? Holy Spirit, Jesus. Yes? The Lord. Think of it this way. Fast forward to the New Testament. Jesus and the disciples got into a boat, correct? This will all make sense in the end, okay? If you're confused, it's okay. Let's just stay with me. Don't give up, okay? Jesus and the disciples got into a boat, correct? Mm -hmm. That word boat translates the boat, okay? It translates the boat. I'm not messing with you guys anymore, okay? It translates the boat. It's a true boat. It actually means boat. And I want the journey to say tonight that the disciples got into a boat, but Jesus got into the ark. Okay? 
I believe that's why Jesus was able to sleep on that boat. Right? We know the story, right? All the storm is coming around, waves are splashing in, and the disciples come down and saying, hey, 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 we're perishing. Yes? Mm-hmm. We know this story? Yeah. And Jesus is asleep? Mm-hmm. Right? That's why he was able to sleep is because he was in an ark. Yes? Mm-hmm. He was trusting in God, not physics. He was trusting in God, not circumstance. And he knew the testimony. And let me explain. God already said to Jesus that you need to go to the other side, correct? It says in Scripture that Jesus says, I only do what the Father tells me to do. I only speak what the, what the Father first speaks, right? That's what Jesus did. You guys understand this? So, therefore, the Lord prophesied over Jesus, hey, I need you to go to the other side. I have a, I have a work for you, right? So, prophecy, can prophecy come void? No, it can't come void. That's why Jesus was in the ark. Yes? You guys get what I'm putting down here? The disciples were in a boat because they said, no, we're perishing. But Jesus was in an ark, and that's why he was able to sleep. Then, Jesus has been in other storms before, and he's walked on water in other storms before, right? Mm -hmm. So therefore, he had what? Testimony. Right? Where the Lord's came through in his life before. He had a testimony of the provision of the Lord before in other storms. Yes? Mm-hmm. He is in an ark because he's trusting in the law of God, not the law of nature anymore. It was Noah's ark, not Noah's boat, because he trusted in the Lord for his provision. Sometimes we say we are in the same boat with Jesus, but I'm here to tell you that you have to be in more than that. Does that make sense? If I'm just in, yeah. Sometimes we just say we are in the same boat as Jesus, but I'm here to tell you that you have to be more than that. Why? Because you've been prophesied otherwise, and you've been and you've heard testimonies otherwise. It's not enough to just be in the same boat as Jesus. The disciples were in the same boat as Jesus, correct? Right? And we know this saying, like, oh, I'm, I'm in the same boat as you, right? Mm-hmm. We've heard this saying before. That's not enough when it comes to Jesus. Because we can still look on the outside, right? Correct? Mm-hmm. If I'm in the ark, if I'm in the ark, everything changes. Everything changes. And what am I now founded in? The Lord. The Ark of the Covenant held weight. Why? Because it was the Lord. It was His presence. It was His oversight. It was His, it was his prophecy, if you will. Does this make sense? Mm-hmm. It's not enough to just be like, okay, I'm a Christian. Or it's not enough to just be like, I'm in the same boat as Jesus and I follow Jesus. No, you have to live that out too. Right? The disciples said, yeah, we follow Jesus. And they meanwhile said, we're perishing, we're perishing. Yes? Mm -hmm. Jesus was asleep while storm and all hell broke loose. Yes? Mm -hmm. 
because he was founded in the Lord. He was founded in the Father's heart. Correct? Mm-hmm. Does this make sense? Mm-hmm. Cool? Any questions around that? I don't want to lose you. What's the significance around Moses? Why was it so important that he was in an ark floating down the Nile River as an infant baby? Yeah, he had every right to drown. Yes. Mm-hmm. He went in the Nile River in a quote-unquote basket. Yes? Mm-hmm. Um, without the Lord's help, going to die. But because the Lord had sacred purpose for Moses, just like he does for you, mm-hmm. not going to die. And where did Moses end up on the other end? In royalty. Right? In royalty. And the Lord placed him there for breakthrough where? The Lord's doing the same thing. What is that? That's a testimony that we now have to absorb, correct? So the Lord's going to take you places that you never thought he was going to take you for breakthrough for places that you didn't think were able to have breakthrough. Correct? Mm-hmm. Did you, do you understand that? Are you grasping that? Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I had no idea I could end up here. Oh, duh, because I'm in the ark of the Lord. Mm-hmm. And if I'm not in the ark of the Lord, I can comprehend everything that's happening around me. Right? Mm-hmm. The Lord is taking you places that you've never thought of before. And what I want to continue into tonight is turn to Revelation 19. Okay? And this is where I'm going to spend the rest of our time in um, kind of split this into like two sermons of you. Revelation 19, um, I think verse verse 6. You just say, where is that? 19. I got to look out of that. That's what I was looking for. 19. 19 verse 6. 19 verse 6. What page is that? I don't know. It's a lot of swipes. 8, 18. Pick it up, man. Uh, 10, 39. Thank you, boy. Ready? 19. 19 verse 6. Sorry. We're going to read all the way through 10. Cool? This is very cool. Okay, then I heard what seemed to be a voice of great multitude, like a roar of many waters and like a sound of mighty peals of thunder crying out this, hallelujah, for the Lord our God, the Almighty reigns. Let us rejoice and exult and give him the glory for the marriage of the lamb has come and his bride has made herself ready. It was granted her to clothe herself with Fine linen, bright and pure. For the fine linen is the righteous deeds of the saints. And the angel said to me, write this. Ready? Blessed are those who are invited into the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he said to me, these are the true words of God. Then I fell down at his feet to worship him. And he said to me, you must not do that. I am a fellow servant with you and your brothers who hold the testimony of Jesus. Worship God. For the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. For the testimony of Jesus 
is the spirit of prophecy. Isn't that interesting? Yes? Anybody kind of like, whoa, what the heck? Kind of hits you a little weird, like this, what? The, the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. It's stunning. I want to unwrap this with the rest of our time. Okay? The test, a testimony is a written record of any of God's activities on our lives. Correct? Mm-hmm. This whole concept of share my story to give someone else who may struggle with the same thing hope. Right? Mm-hmm. Testimony of Jesus. Um, the testimony of Jesus. Prophecy is what Jesus is willing to do for you. Testimonies are, are important because they reveal the heart of God person of God, the values of God, the interactions of God, and the history of God with mankind. Correct? Testimonies are important because they reveal the heart, the person, the values, the interactions, and the history with mankind, with God. Every time we tell a story, we create the opportunity for it to be duplicated by the Lord. You understand this? Let me paint this picture. If I tell you a story of how um, of how I overcame, how the Lord healed me of cancer. I'll just use cancer. Okay? How the Lord healed me of cancer. And you're like, wow, I put cancer really high up here of things that I don't ever think the Lord can do. But I need healing over this thing, which is under it. If I tell you a testimony of how I was healed of cancer, I wasn't, but if I was, I tell you my story, and then you have an opportunity for that healing anointing to be duplicated by the Lord. You understand this? Mm-hmm. Why? Because testimony does something. Right? Testimony lifts us. It encourages us. It gives us hope of things not seen. Yes? Does this make sense? Okay. I need to keep on going. If you do a word, um, when you do a word study on this word testimony, it's actually, it actually means to do again. To do again. You grabbing that? Mm-hmm. That's what it means in Hebrew. It's rooted from a word in Hebrew that means to do again. That stands out, yes? Mm-hmm. So when I tell my testimony, I am saying, Lord, do it again. Mm-hmm. Not in my life, but in somebody who's hearing it. Isn't that cool? Mm-hmm. Doesn't that just give you hope? Doesn't that just increase your faith even as I speak that? Right? If I tell my testimony of how I was saved at this so-and-so time and this happened in my life at this so-and-so time, you're like, whoa. We should kind of stop in our tracks. Correct? And then what that does is it invites the Lord to say, okay, you're allowing me, I'll do it again. 
and somebody else is like, isn't that cool? Right? Why would we ever believe in cancer being healed if we never heard of it in the first place? Correct? Why would I ever think, and this has been recently opened to my eyes, that somebody could be healed of autism if I've never heard of testimony of healing of autism? Doesn't that just change something, right? Or epilepsy, or dyslexia, or ADHD, or any of these things, right? Or my addiction, how I overcame my addiction, and then boom, it changes something in the atmosphere, changes something in, in the presence of the Lord, and then we invite the Lord to do it again by sharing that testimony. Do you guys understand the weight that your testimony holds? No matter how insignificant you feel because you weren't a drug addict strung out on the side of the road and then all of a sudden the Lord appeareth to thee. Yes? No. Your testimony means something no matter how simple it is. Because it holds weight. Why? Not because of you. But because of what the Lord did in your life. Isn't that cool? Isn't that beautiful? This should increase faith. Yes? We should love hearing testimony. The very nature of keeping the testimony as he commands in scripture for him to do it again. The nature of the word even reeks of, hey, do it again, Lord. Do it again. Do it again. I should be proud of my testimony. Yes? Mm -hmm. Okay. Testimony creates an atmosphere of readiness. Yes? Testimony creates an atmosphere of readiness. Not only in my being, but of the Lord. If I share my testimony, he's like, oh yeah, I remember that. That was sweet. Let's do it again. Right? Mm -hmm. Just like any father. Like when I, I remember when I, first, I hit my first excellent tee shot with my father. He was like, oh, that was sweet. Let's do it again. Right? That's the father's heart. That's the father's heart. Or, or whatever it might be with your, with your earthly father. Right? Let's do it again. He wants to see you succeed. He wants breakthrough, not only in you, but the people around you, through you. Isn't that cool? Gorgeous. Maybe I'm a little more excited about this than you guys are. Prophecy either foretells something for the future or changes immediate events. Just like as we were declaring things over Ashton tonight. Yes? Mm -hmm. Declaring who she truly is. Just like we would do to you if we were praying for you. We would declare truth over your life as a spirit of what? No, prophecy. As a spirit of prophecy saying, no, you are a child of God. Something changes, right? It's kind of like the whole concept of, okay, a heroin, a heroin addict comes up to me and I start prophesying a clean, a clean slate over his life. I declare, no, you are clean before the Lord. When I prophesy over something, over some, some buddy, over some obstacle, it has to go. It either foretells the future of what they will be walking into, or it happens right then and there. Isn't this cool? Mm -hmm. This is the way the Lord works. 
If I declare truth, because his scripture does not come back void, and he talks a lot about what he thinks of you in here. I don't know if you know that. You read it. He talks about you a lot. How much he loves you. How much he cares for you. How much how faithful he is to you. He talks a lot about it. And his word does not come back void. It's sharper than to any two-edged sword. Yes. Cuts through anything. Yes? It's incredible. We understand this. Mm-hmm. Okay. Testimony shifts <clears throat> present events. Have you ever asked why do we share testimony? Why is it important? Why do we share testimony? Yeah, exactly. And frankly, if you want to hear the Lord's voice, think back to your testimony. Do you understand that? Right? You had to have heard something. And I'm telling you it wasn't you. And it wasn't the demonic. With the Lord's voice. That's why it's the Lord's testimony. And that's why we call it a testimony. Correct? Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, but when I tell you that I I made five hundred dollars today, it doesn't change the atmosphere. <laughs> right? But when I tell you, hey, the Lord spoke to me this way at this time, and this is how I acted, atmosphere shifts. Yes. My story doesn't do much. The Lord's story does everything. That's why we show testimony. You understand this? Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, Mark 5, 19. I just want to turn here real quick and then I want to end in Acts, okay? With me? Love you, bro. <clears throat> Five nineteen. Drive safe. This is after Jesus heals a man with a demon, and this is what he says to that man. Go home to your friends and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he has had mercy on you. What's Jesus telling this man to do? Sure. Share his testimony, yes? Share his testimony, why? Because it holds weight. This was a man who was demon-possessed, yes? Mm -hmm. Who corrupted the entire town, Mm -hmm. yes? And now the Lord said, hey, I'm proud of this one. Go tell everybody. (laughs) Go tell everybody, yes? Mm -hmm. That's what the Lord's telling you to do tonight. There's this story in Acts where... Where an individual, can't, I want to say it's either Peter or Paul, who are giving their testimony of what the Lord's done in them. It was Paul, um, who is giving their text, so it's after Acts 9, who is giving their testimony of what the Lord's done in their life, in his life. And um, the, the judge actually interrupts him and says, if you keep this up, I'm going to have to believe. 
So my whole point was trying to find this so I could read it to you verbatim of what, what actually Scripture says, was that when we speak our testimony, it changes things that we never thought it could change. Okay? So getting back on track, um, sorry for not being prepared with that. I just remember this. So um, what I'm trying to say tonight is that when the Lord's done something, He's promising to do it again by the word of our testimony. Okay? So by even just giving us the testimony in the first place, He's saying, I want to do that again in other people's lives. So when we talk about that verse in Revelation 19, of where, um, let me read it one more time. Um, it says... Revelation 19... 11. It says, For the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. So by the testimony of Jesus, which is the gospel, which is him dying on the cross, living a perfect and complete life, lacking in nothing, is the spirit of prophecy of what is to come for everybody. Do you understand this tonight? Isn't that cool? So what Jesus did over your life, he wants to do again in somebody else's life because of what he did in your life and what the story is on your life. Does that make sense? The Hebrew word for testimony is do it again. Do it again. That's what the Lord wants to do. He wants breakthrough again. So when we tell of what the Lord's done in our lives, he wants to do it again in that person's life. Because there's a reason why we're sharing that testimony to that person, right? Probably because they need hope in that, or we want to brag about how cool the Lord is. Right? So there's a reason, and if we share that, it changes something. Like uh, Madison was telling me the other night, and we were talking about when we speak of what the Lord's done, it's hard for somebody to swallow that it didn't actually happen. Right? Like when, like when I speak of what happened in Blake's life, of how he was healed of epilepsy, Correct? It's hard for somebody to then look at me and say, no, that's not true. Why? Because it actually happened and you can prove it. Right? It's the way testimony works. It's hard for somebody to be like, oh, yeah, right. When it's actually right in front of their eyes and it's hitting them face to face. Because if you keep this up, I am going to do it. Right? Sometimes we take that stance with the Lord. Lord, if you keep this up, I'm going to have to believe in that. Right? It takes us back a couple weeks ago of what we were talking about. We're now accountable to what the Lord's done and what we've heard. Right? So now we have to fulfill that. Not by our own works and by our own might, but by the Lord wanting to do it again. His readiness and to have that word testimony. Isn't that cool? So by our testimony, it lifts everything. It increases faith. It increases the the um, the reverence of the Lord. It does something that just a normal story. Right? When you read the story of Gideon, how he beat an entire army with 300 people, it does something in you where you're like, whoa. The Lord did that. That means he can do that over my life. Right? And then the Lord 
says, hey, I'm putting you on an ark, which is what he wants to do with you. He doesn't want you just on a boat. When you are founded in the ark of the Lord, everything changes. Right? Testimony becomes our counsel. We, med we meditate on testimony. It becomes the way we function. Right? You want to see the supernatural unlocked in your life, start absorbing testimony as much as you possibly can. Right? This is the way it works. I love revival books. I do. I love them. I love reading um, testimonies. I love, I'm reading a book right now uh, that I just picked up about just testimonies of what the Lord's done in other nations, other worlds, right? I say worlds well, because that seems like the idea, right? Other nations, other countries of what the Lord's done. And now, like, man, Lord, I want you to do that here, right? Or just even like hearing. I eat that stuff up, right? Like, I've got a whole entire book of stuff like that, that I've written stuff down that the Lord's done in my life, right? Words that the Lord's spoken in my life of now what he wants to do in that area, right? Testimonies and prophecy are completely intertwined together. Why? Because we look at Moses, we look at Noah, we look at Jesus, Right? Noah's prophecy became his testimony. Correct? If we hang on to that the way those guys did, the way Moses did, his, his prophecy, his testimony, actually his testimony became his prophecy. You understand that? Because what the, what the Lord brought Moses through before he was like even mature enough to even think, was his testimony. Yeah, I, I was transported here by a basket on the Nile River. And then I landed in Pharaoh's palace from Pharaoh's daughter, and I got raised in royalty, and then the Lord started prophesying over him of what is to come by this man's life. Right? Isn't that cool? It's either our prophecy unlocks our testimony, or our testimony unlocks our prophecy. Okay? Does that make sense? Yeah.